Okay, we are doing now Sunday's portion of Parshat Yisro, starting with the first verse in chapter 18, verse 1. So Yisro, the priest of Midian, the father-in-law of Moses, hears all that God had done to Moses and to the Jewish people's nation, and that God has taken the Jews out of Egypt. So Rashi says that Yisro heard. So Rashi says, what did he hear? There's a lot of different things to hear. Rashi focuses on, he cites, that he heard the splitting of the sea and the war with Amalek. And then on the word Yisro, he comments that he has seven different names. Ruel, Yeser, Yisro, Chovev, Hever, Keni, Putiel. And then he explains a few of them. Yeser, which means an addition, because a portion of the Torah was added through him, as will be discussed tomorrow, portion of Chumash. Yisro, we had an extra letter added to Yeser because once he converted and he's keeping the mitzvahs, the commandments, a letter is added to his name. Chayva, which means dear, beloved, because Torah was beloved to him. <clears throat> Some say Ruel was not actually a synonym for Yisro, another name, but actually the father of Yisro. When the verse says they went to Ruel, their father, it could be their grandfather, that we could refer to a grandfather as a father as well. So he's referred to here as a father-in-law of Moshe, and, and Rashi comments that here, Yisro is made great through his son-in-law. He's the father-in-law of Moses. In other places, before, previously, when Moses lived by him, and maybe a Moses was great, so to speak, through him. So he heard everything that happened, everything God did to Moses and to the Jewish people. Because they're really equivalent. Moses is equal to the Jews. The Jews are equal to Moses. That's why we can set up one parallel to the other. Everything that God did, by bringing down the mun, by the waters of the well of Miriam, again, by conquering Amalek, and the greatest thing of all, they took them out of Egypt. And Yisro, the father of Moshe, took Tipura, Moshe's wife, after he had sent her away. So Rashi explains, what do you mean, like, what's going on here? I mean, the last we heard of Tipora, he, what was a very dramatic story that actually I remember we did, she's on the way with Moses to Egypt with her two sons. One was just born and the whole story, and now suddenly, what's going on? He sent her away? So what happened is, when Moses came back to Egypt, he came with Tipora, his wife, and his two sons, one which was a very newborn baby. And Aaron came out to meet them, and he met him. And he said to him, who are these? And he said, oh, this is my wife. These are my children. And he said, where are you bringing them to? He said, I'm bringing them back to Egypt with me. And I said, we feel bad for the first ones. You're bringing more? Go back to your father's house. So she took her two children and she went back. So all of the excitement, so to speak, going on in Egypt, ten plagues, the leaving of Egypt, the splitting of the sea, she missed completely. Now she's rejoining her husband in the desert. took her two sons, that one's name was Gershom, because he said, I was a stranger in a strange land. And the other's name was Eliezer, which means that the God of my father was aiding me and saving me from the sword of Paral. So Gershom is like the root word Ger, being a stranger, Shom, there in this foreign land. Eliezer is First half is God's name, like my God. And the second half is Azer, which means help. 
that my God who's helping me and who saved me from the sword of power. So Rashi explains what sword of power we're talking about here because not now. We didn't see any power of sword extended at him during this whole year of the plague. But originally, as we read in the very first chapters of this book, when Aviram were upset with Moses because he said to them, Russia, while you strike your friend, so they went to Pharaoh and they put a lot of pressure on Pharaoh to kill Moses over killing that Egyptian who he killed to save actually one of their lives. And finally, finally, Pharaoh really didn't want to do it. In the end, they got him upset enough that he, yes, he decided he was going to kill Moses. And God made his neck like a pillar of marble that the sword couldn't penetrate and thus saved Moses' life with many other miracles as well. So Yisra, the father of Moses, comes and his children and his wife to Moses, to the desert, that they're camping there by the mountain of God, meaning this is exactly prior to the giving of the Torah. So they come to the desert. So Rashi says, we know they're in a desert. Obviously, they've been in a desert. Why is the verse only telling us we're in a desert? But the idea is to praise Yisra, who left civilization and came to the desert to hear God's word. So he said to Moses, I'm your father-in-law, Yisro, coming to you, and your wife and your two sons with her. As if he's saying to Moses through this emissary, come out for me, and if it's not worthy for me, for your wife. And if it's not worthy for your wife, for the sake of your two sons, accept us into the Jewish people. And Moses goes out to greet his father-in-law, and he bowed to him, and he kisses him, and he asks each man to the other for their wealth, for their health, for their greetings, and they came to the tent. So Moses comes out to greet Yisro, and Rashi says, what an honor Yisro had at this moment, because Moses went out, so Aaron and his two sons, Nadabin Avihu, go out, and then when everyone sees Moses, Aaron, and Nadabin Avihu, they all follow. So the entire Jewish people went out to give honor and greet Fallen love Moses, Yisro. He kissed him, and he bowed to him. So who bowed to who? We don't know. He bowed to him. You know, these are all pronouns here. Who are we talking about? So Rashi says, it says, the man to his friend. So who's called a man? Moses is called a man. So therefore, the man here that's doing this is all Moses. He is the man referred to in the verse. Next verse. Moses told his father-in-law everything that God had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for the sake of the Jewish people, everything that happened and that found them on the road, now God saved them. So Rashi explains that Moses is doing this to draw his heart close to one except God's Torah. Everything that happened by the sea, everything that happened with Amalek, remember they just went through this enormous war with Amalek, that was the very end of the Torah portion of the Shabbos. The Chumash uses an unusual word here, hatla, meaning for all the, the hardships that had befallen them. Hatla. The Rashi explains that the Lamed and Alf there are part of the root word, and the tough is like a, a flourish that we find sometimes in the scriptures, like an embellishment. And Yisro trembled or rejoiced. 
mean, you could translate either way according to Rashi, but the primary translation is actually rejoiced. Over all the good that God had done for the Jewish people, that he saved them from the Egyptians. So again, this is an unusual word in, in Hebrew, Vayichad. The first Rashi translated as he rejoices. And then he said, really, Vayichad just means like, like prickling, 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 like his skin is like trembling, prickling, that he felt bad, even as he was, of course, rejoicing. They're both true. He rejoiced in all the good and all the miracles and all the salvation. At the same time, he had this prickly, trembling feeling all over for the destruction of Egypt. Which is what we say that a convert for 10 generations, you shouldn't speak bad about another non-Jew in his presence. You can say, what? Five generations ago, this person's ancestors converted. It doesn't make a difference. It's something still in their blood that they have this extra sensitivity to respect it. So he's rejoicing over all the good that happened. What good? The good of the man, the good of the well, the good of the Torah they're about to get. And especially that they were saved from Egypt because here we know, it says about Egypt, that it was so closely guarded, its borders, that even one slave couldn't escape. And here an entire nation of 600,000 men, approximately 3 million people, they all walked out free. And Yisra said, blessed is God who saved you from the hands of Egypt and Pharaoh, who saved the nation from under the hands of the Egyptians. So what is Yisrael commenting on here? Well, he saved you from the Egyptians, a very harsh nation, from Pharaoh, a very harsh king, from the hands of the Egyptians, from the persecution, from the oppression, from this hand that was oppressing you with all this enslavement. Now, Yisrael actually knew this hand very well because originally Yisrael was actually one of Pharaoh's advisors. When Pharaoh was first thinking of this plot, he called in three advisors to discuss it with them. Yisro, Bilam, and Eov. It says that Bilam thought it was a great idea, of course. Bilam was quite wicked, and we will see much later his, his desire to destroy the Jews, so he very much encouraged Pharaoh. Yisro, who was a righteous non-Jew, sensitive, good person, he spoke about how horrible it was. And Eov understood it was a bad idea, and he also understood he'd get in trouble if he spoke out against, and he kept quiet. And that is why, according to some explanations, Eov later suffered for keeping quiet. Something as bad is going on. We can't just be quiet because quiet is like acquiescing to the idea. We have to protest. Even if our protest will be meaningless because Yisrael protested and all it caused was that he had to run away that night very fast because he knew that Pharaoh's wrath would descend on him for protesting. But still, if we're in the presence of someone speaking something wrong and we don't protest, even walking out without saying anything is a protest. But if one sits quietly, according to our sages, it's acquiescence. So Yisro knew the strength of the hand of Pharaoh and the strength of the hand of the Egyptians on a very personal level. Now I know, the verse continues, that God is greater from all the gods because in that which they plotted, it came on them. Now I know. What do you mean now I know? I knew it in the past, but now I really see it. He's greater than all the gods because I personally recognize all the gods. Because, again, Israel was a, a theologian, a philosopher, a speaker of, of truth and religion. So he served all the gods in the world to understand which was the real one. And now I see, of course, I already have recognized this before, but now I really see there's only one God. And that which they plotted, it came on them. In, as the Targum explains it, in the water, that they wanted to destroy others, they were destroyed that they 
were harmed by that which they wanted to harm others with. A rabbi is connected to the idea of like cooking a pot of soup in the pot that they wanted to cook others, they themselves were cooked in. And Yisro, Moses' father-in-law, took these various offerings, offered up to God, and Eulah, and Zachim, and Aaron, and all the sages came and ate with the father-in-law of Moses before God. So the Rosh explains that Ola means an offering that was completely burnt up to God. And Zachim are peace offerings, which means God gets a portion, the priest gets a portion, and the owner gets a portion. Thus we have the meat for the feast. And Aaron came, so we have Aaron, we have the sages, they're all eating with Yisro. So where's Moses? All this honor is coming out because of Moses. This is Moses' father-in-law, Moses' father, Moses' father-in-law. That's what we keep repeating in the verse. Where's Moses? So Moses was standing there serving everyone. But you see the tremendous honor he gave his father-in-law. It says they were eating before God. This says when you benefit, when you're eating in a meal, a banquet, with sages, it's you're like you're eating with God. And therefore, this feast with Aaron, with all the sages, was eating before God.